Welcome everyone to Black Coffee and Theology. It's been work. Yeah, and can I, I say with that work, well, backing up just a little bit, I, I think, yes, there's a pandemic. And then I think in the midst of that, we had the pandemic within the pandemic is how have Black people suffered, you know, in these years. and we know what has been on full display while we've been on lockdown is the brutality on black bodies. And that has created a pandemic of the mind where for a lot of black people, our soul is sick, right? And, and so not only are our bodies dying, but our souls, our very souls and our spirit are sick. And so I think that, that the hopelessness then for the black person looks completely different, I think, than any other uh, person. Not better, not worse, whatever. It's different. When it you're very, different. Yeah, when your very soul is sick, I, I think there were some days during lockdown where I would feel, who don't get me emotional, child. <laughs> where it's like my soul is sick. And when you're seeing, um, you know, that, that breaking point for me was Elijah McClain. And, yeah. and his death and seeing that come to life, that, that meant his death and seeing what that, that boy went through. I had to say to God, my soul is sick here. Right. And, and I asked God, how can a black man have hope in this in this wicked land like it's not possible like and so when you say that work um there's no other word for it but work right like yeah. truly yeah and i hear you we do we it we are soul sick i think my moment was khalif browder yeah that was my soul sick moment where I'm just like crying out Lord how long and for people who don't know Khalif Browder he was a teenager he was accused of stealing a book bag and he was arrested and sent to Rikers Island and he was held there for like two years at least yeah. and he was beaten and abused he was put in solitary confinement as a teenager mm -hmm. and um just waiting for trial. There was no evidence that he had stolen this book bag. He was just arrested, sent to Rikers Island. His money, his family didn't have the money for bail. And so he had, he just had to suffer and endure there. And then by the time he got out and the charges were dropped against him, he had been so, had so much emotional turmoil, you know, that he ended up committing suicide. Yeah. And just the pain that I could see in his eyes on his face with all that he had to endure and suffer that was like my moment where it was like lord just as you said how can we have hope in this evil racist <laughs> corrupt yeah. country you know yeah. that's where like my militancy like boiled back up because yeah. i'm like look why do we have to keep burying our sons our daughters our husbands our wives you know like why you know, yeah. it's just, and then to top it off, and then the role, because, you know, we went from 
the whole world in an uprise over George Floyd rolling right, you know, that was during the pandemic, but then it's like, then the oppression of the pandemic. So it's like, we're carrying so much. And then it's like, black people, poor people, you know, we're carrying the burdens of a lot of these things right now. Like they're talking supply chain issues. There's no food in the grocery store. We're losing jobs. You know, Biden keeps talking about, oh, the economy is doing so great. We've added all these jobs. But then at the same time, it's like, well, black men are the most unemployed demographic right now. Unemployment for us has gone up. And that's yeah. even my own family. My husband yes. got laid off during the pandemic last year. So, you know, he has a college degree. He's a GIS specialist, but we're in that statistic. So it's like, we carry a lot. You yeah. Know, we carry a lot. Yeah. You know, and the worry of our children. I have a son. He's autistic. He reminds Elijah McClain reminds me of my son. My son is 10. He's highly functioning autistic, but I could very much see him walking on the sidewalk, you know, having cops or people approach him and him not really knowing what's going on and him being awkward. And, you know, they could kill my, my child. So it's yeah. like that's something that's with us all the time. Yeah. And, and so we are soul sick. Our souls are sick and tired. Our bodies are sick and tired. You know, it's work to maintain hope. You know, it is work. Yeah. And there's no easy answers. And I think right. if there's one thing that we could illuminate here, there isn't. And I'm glad you said work because I, I don't want to make it seem like there's one prayer you can pray. Like when I, when I, like when we're saying there's a soul sickness and there's a need to cling to God and for God to show up in practical, tangible, evidential ways, that's for real, right? Like that, that's like for God to come in the room and to touch this soul sickness, like there's a need there's in we we laugh but there's like there's not an essential oil alive that can heal this soul sickness that worry that you're talking about that worry that goes down into the gut i just started driving at night for the first time since learning about elijah mcclain and but still the worry and the fear are there right and um and all the names of deceased black bodies stay with me you know brianna taylor stays with me heavy on my heart and i i think part of hope for me is acknowledging the reality right i i think sometimes when hope is talked about in theological spaces and christian spaces it's like you know you push aside the reality and you're like let's hope in God, you know, beloved, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yes. Yeah. God. Yeah. You know, it's a cheerleading practice. And I think for me, what I found both in the word and in my own life, I can't access future promises or any type of relief until I'm honest about the barrenness that I feel. And that's what I find in your, your story is you're fully embracing of all the barrenness and that which is not here, right? And that the ashes 
are part of the story, right? And we can't ask people to hope and call it good when there's ashes in the cup, right? Like, like part of hoping is saying, no, there's ashes, stuff is burned down. And then we can talk about constructive hope, eschatological hope, um, how can God show up now in this moment? But we have to acknowledge this moment, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, definitely acknowledging, like, Lord, I'm broken. <laughs> I mm-hmm. My cup is empty. I have nothing left. Mm-hmm. Um, those have been the moments where I could feel things shift in my life, where I finally just, you know, let things fall apart. Um, yeah. There's a book that somebody uh, sent me, and it kind of has like some Buddhist type principles in it. And one of it is just let it let it all fall apart, you know, mm. because a lot of our um, the struggle comes from trying to hold it all together, and maybe it's not supposed to be held together. Maybe let it fall apart, and you know, and just thinking about things, what's going on in the world right now, for me, that kind of gives me hope because I look at it as, look, a lot of things are being shaken right now. A lot of things are being exposed and it's not comfortable for us. It's not. But in order for these things to be um, torn down, these systems that are so detrimental to us, our health and safety, they have to be torn down. You know, we're witnessing it. We're sometimes we're in the middle of it. But, you know, there is good news. It's being exposed. It's being torn down. And hopefully people will remember and hold on to that. Just like, you know, this capitalistic system, society that just wants us to work till we die. Exactly. There could be a deadly virus out here. Like, that is a sick society. Like, Mm. that is sick. It's something that needs to be shaken. It needs to be torn down. It needs to fall down. You know, yeah. because um, before COVID-19, people, we were sick. We were sick people, yes. you know, high blood pressure, heart disease, strokes, and all that stuff. And Black and poor people more so than the rest of everybody. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's where I get, that's where I see the hope peeking through. You know, hope that these things are being shaken. These things are being, they're going to prayerfully be torn down. You know, and hopefully people will remember, you know, remember how these systems, these people in power, how they responded to us when we were crying out for help, for some relief. And the way that they responded was, oh, just stay home five days and then get your behind back to work. Yeah. You know, um, so, I mean, that gives me hope. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, you know, moving to that, that hopeful piece. I can also say um, illuminating your preaching. Um, you gave me a hopeful word. I, I always illuminate this. Good Friday uh, this past year. Um, because many of us haven't been able to access church spaces. Um, and that's part of what this pandemic has wrought is um, the the table of communion has been barred for a lot of us. And some of us with chronic illness like me, it's been barred for a lot longer than the pandemic, but that's a different rent for a different day. Um, And you spoke this word about pressing towards the mark, 
and um, it stays with me. <laughs> um, and uh, not too many sermons stay with me, um, my, my sister, because uh, sometimes they be long and boring. Um, but I will say, like, that pressing towards the mark word was a word in due season because it reminds me of everything you're saying is it wasn't diminishing any of what we're experiencing now it was giving that kind of light in the midst of the darkness right we are here and there is a prize that we are pressing towards and there is an endurance that is needed um and there's divine empowerment that is available and so I, th I think of that right now as you're talking, right? Like that, that word that you illuminated for us. And so I think, are there any other like pieces or thoughts that you have to give us hope in this time? It is, is hard because the natural does not give it to us, but yeah. It is hard. I think the one thing that I think people should remember is that God is a very present help mm. in the time of trouble. Mm. Um, that's been my experience mm. um, throughout my life. And even now through the pandemic, like when fear rises up, you know, if I, you know, set my mind on God and who God is, what God has already done in my life, then I, you know, that peace that peace washes over me um and then i just remind myself that you know there's more to our existence our reality than what we see in the natural like there's a spiritual reality and we can transcend this it's hard like yeah. this is not easy okay yeah. this is not easy because i struggle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my lesson but i you know i remind myself that there's a spiritual reality. And just like what you tweeted today that I was like, my, my, um, what was it again? We therefore, have therefore, since we are surrounded, we're surrounded. We yes. are, therefore, since we are surrounded yeah, and we have to constantly remind ourselves that we are not alone. We are mm. surrounded. Mm. Um, there are more for us than a, against us mm. and so that gives me hope you know because when i think about the situations like people with covid dying in a hospital alone and oh my god what if that ended up being my fate like i try to remind myself just strengthen myself knowing that no i will never be alone because the holy spirit is within me you know Mm. The Lord said he would never leave me nor forsaken me. And that has been my experience. I mean, you know, I had two babies by myself. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, the Lord carried me through each day. I mean, having an infant is not easy. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. combine that with grieving your husband. You have a, a newborn. You, you lost your husband. You're in grief. Then I lost my job too. <laughs> like three months after my daughter was born, I got fired. <laughs> so it's like I had no job. I had an autistic, well, I still have an autistic son, but he was nonverbal at the time. And it's like, but God carried me through. 
And I seriously, people thought I was going to die. They literally thought I was going to die. They thought some of my doctors thought I was going to die from a broken heart syndrome. Mm. Um, my, one of my doctors thought I was going to die from postpartum depression, which is real. Because um, yeah. with my first child, I had postpartum anxiety bad. But um, they thought I was going to commit suicide after my husband died and I gave birth to my second uh, child by myself. But it's like every day God met me in every day, every step that I had to walk. I did not walk it alone. I mean, I don't know how to describe it, but I just had, I, God gave me the strength. And I know that God is going to give all of us the strength to endure mm-hmm. this pandemic, you know, to get through. And yes, we are grieving. Many of us are wailing. I just lost one of my high school friends this week, not to COVID, but he was 42 years old and died. And, you know, I'm grieving, holding that grief in my body and my spirit. You know, one of my friends is gone. So it's like, it's not that we're not going to cry, not that we're going to, we're not going to wrestle with grief, but it's just after we are sitting in our sackcloth and ashes, we have to get up, you know, we have to get up and walk out the faith that we say we believe, you know, stand on God's word. I know that sounds churchy, but (laughs) I mean, that's what we got to do. We, you know, we're surrounded. We have a cloud of witnesses, you know, they've gone through these things too. And look, they made it. They're cheering us on to keep running our race with perseverance. Mm -hmm. So we have to run our race with that same faith and hope. I mean, that's all we can do. And mm. I do believe that God gives us glimmers, visions of hope of what can be if we don't give up. I do believe God will give you the vision, the glimmer of hope, the dream, something inside that you can't explain that keeps calling you, calling you out of the ashes to get up, you know, what did um, God say to Elijah after, you know, he wanted to give up. He wanted to die. Yeah. <laughs> but God like, was like, no, you got to get up. You got to keep yeah. moving. And I, I always feel that call in me, you know, to keep going. Even when I'm, you know, I'm the chief complainer. Right? I complain. <laughs> I whine. I don't want to be in situations where it's uncertain or uneasy. You know, I'm not like some super spiritual person, you know. It's a struggle, but um, something keeps calling me, you know, something from eternity keeps calling me to go deeper, to step out, to keep walking. So that's, that's what, what I do every day, you know, and I mean, that's what I'm holding on to in this pandemic. It's scary. You know, people are dying there. You can't even be in the body of believers, have people lay hands on you, pray with you sing songs and Zion together, which is something that has encouraged me over the years. We can't even do that. But it's like we still have God. We still have the Lord. He's still with us, you know. So we're going to get through it. And it's like these people who don't know God, they need those of us who have experienced God to witness about God to them. So they yeah. don't give up, you know, so yeah. they, they have hope. I mean, that's also that what gives me hope, you know, pouring into my children, 
pouring into other people's children in ministry. You know, I love children's ministry. I, I love youth ministry. I love encouraging people on social media online. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, don't give up. You're not alone. You know, if I got a cash app, you know, somebody needs some money to let them know, like, God hears you. You know, people use Twitter and social media all the time to cry out, you know, and so just to let them know, like, you're not alone. Somebody hears you. It's going to be okay, you know. So that gives me hope. Mm, I love it. I'm going to let you have that last word. Mm, (laughs) I love it. Amen and amen. Hope against hope. I mean, I'm not like an Obama super fan. But um, the audacity of hope, like you really got to have some audacity to hope in the face of all that we are facing. You really got to have some audacity because we got a lot (laughs) that we are coming up against right now. I mean, if it's not COVID, it's racism, it's unemployment, it's sickness, it's money. It's like so much stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. But that hope, you know, we, we, ha- we got to have the audacity. Everybody else has the audacity. Amen. Why can't we? <laughs> Say that. <laughs> Amen. You know they got the audacity. <laughs> and then some. And then some. Um, last question. Where can people follow you? What, what is you doing? You just gave us a mighty good word. What, give out your 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 infos where what okay so you know my website (laughs) throwupintheology.com it's under construction right now because this this website started in 2011 okay so it's been through some things it started out as a mom blog, then it turned out to be real militant after Mike Brown got killed. It's like, it's gone through so many changes, and blogging is kind of out now, but I mean, you can kind of catch my backstory and the things that I've written over the years on throwupintheology.com, but... No, I'm blogging working. is back in. Blogging is, is back in. Micro yeah, blogging yeah. real blogging. Oh, shade, shade and no shade. Like, 1200 word blogging. Okay, say that. Like Talk your stuff. No, Talk I'm, your I'm st- trying to find out because I'm yeah. trying to figure out what I need to do with my blog to like, up, I'm getting older. Like, we're tr- we trying to read. We the kids read. have moved on and I don't yeah. know what's hip anymore. But <laughs> throwupintheology.com. I'm always on Twitter at Rev Laurel J. And I'm on Instagram. I don't have a lot of Instagram. I mean, you don't have to follow me on Instagram because it's just like me posting pictures of my kids and stuff. I don't really know what I'm doing with Instagram yet. I just joined it, but I'm on Instagram um, for open theology. So, hey, <laughs> hallelujah. Let's, let's, okay. All right. Especially on the Twitters. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun, it's a wild and fun ride. Oh, yeah. I'm very active on Twitter. I'm let's go. I love it. <laughs> going in <laughs> i, I love it quiet, like. no, you don't but um <laughs> but all right everybody uh i told you this is a good time <laughs> um, but thanks for coming on thank you mm-hmm. 
Black Coffee and Theology Pod is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. Follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. If you like the content that you are receiving here and want to receive more, whether that is in longer conversations, essays, devotions, and videos from either myself, Sam, or Trey, please sign up for for our Patreon at patreon.com slash three black men. Don't forget to like, rate, and review Black Coffee and Theology Pod as well as Three Black Men.